Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Wednesday edition of the show. We are here to recap day two of what we witnessed up close and personal of the Shrine Game practices. Uh, Again, we're live here in St. Petersburg, Tampa Bay, Florida, and uh, joined by Kyle Krabs. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. It's good to be here. Good to be in St. Pete, which is where the Shrine game is taking place. I know Trevor Sykema, whose housework crashing, um, is in Tampa. But uh, you, you set them both on the table. But the byline on the articles reads St. Petersburg. They do. Uh, you know, there is a, an establishment in Tampa Bay that is dumb enough to offer all-you-can-eat tacos for, for $16. Six, uh, and we just raided that place with six dudes. And um, let's just say we're full. Yeah, I'm so full that I came home and <laughs> pounding two scoops of C4, yeah. so I'm not that full, I yeah, guess. Yeah. But I also, here's the pro tip. You go eat bottomless tacos. Don't eat the tortillas. Don't waste this valuable, valuable space on meaningless corn tortillas and carbs. Don't do it. You guys will be proud to know that John Ledger was the taco champion tonight. 15. I wasn't trying. Well, but listen, I'm not going to pat the man on the back for a competition I, that I didn't try. But here's in. the problem. He ha- he would have went. He would he left two on the table. He left two tacos on the table. Yeah. Because he, he went outside for a radio interview. I've been turning on radio interviews all week long. <laughs> where John takes one and it slows him down with the taco eating pace. The man could have put down two more. Was it 17? Listen, 17 I don't, I don't know if. The radio call slowed him down, or it was the snail's pace in which we were receiving tacos. Yeah. We put an order of tacos in. Dude, they were playing like Saul mind games with you. (laughs) They had you chained to the chair with this big old basket of chips. They kept refilling your chips every five minutes. But (laughs) heaven forbid they bring in your tacos in less than 35 minutes. Yeah, well, it was a process. and uh, You got to trust the process. Much like the Philadelphia – our Philadelphia 76ers. yours. They scored – last I saw they scored 144 points on the T-Wolves. You know, last night. You know, Kyle. There's a couple minutes left. I think people want to hear us talk about the, sh- the Shrine game. So let's do that. Let's start with the East roster. I'll go first with a player that popped. Yeah. A player that popped yesterday, too, but also today, Terry Godwin, the wide receiver from Georgia. My goodness, he's smooth. Look, he's not an overly like big receiver and overly dynamic in ter- terms of his movement skills, but the way that he's able to run his routes and have good speed in and out of his breaks and how well he's doing to cross the face of wide receivers, extend for the football. I mean, he he's a really a difficult cover for these cornerbacks out here. And, and so he's a guy that if you look at the, the Georgia offense, all the different receivers they have, the obviously great receivers, great tight end, and a run game that they really want to feature. Godwin didn't necessarily get a ton of looks, but, man, like he's super polished for a guy that – uh, you know, is a Shrine game receiver, and, and he's really dominating, I think, and excelling this week. Yeah, so the first guy I want to talk about on the East team is number 21, Joel Embiid. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm Jeez. kidding. 
<laughs> uh, I want to talk about, I don't know if you know how to say his first name, Joe. Udo, offensive tackle number 57. You know how to say this first uh, name? Oli Siamekka. Oli Siamekka. Yeah. Udo from Elon. Yep. 57. Uh, this dude passes every visual benchmark you would want in an NFL offensive lineman. Uh, 6'5", 336, thought he played well uh, for his second consecutive practice. He's performing at, a, at an admirable level against uh, the competition that's here at the Shrine event. Functional strength is through the roof. He's not carrying a lot of extra sloppy weight. You know, he, he's very lean with his mass, but he has a ton of it on his frame, just a very large-framed human being. And as we talked about the other day on this show, if you're going to be a small school kid and generate attention and warrant getting drafted throughout this draft process as a small school kid, you have to have those physical tools, which he has. So I'm really excited to get my hands on some Elon tape yeah. and really dig in and see what this kid is all about on film. Uh, Kyle, you're talking small school guys. I'm keeping it with big schools, and I'm staying in the same big school as I dig for Terry Godwin, and I want to mention Lamont Gallard, uh, their interior offensive lineman. I thought he was a wall today in pass pro. I mean, it was the guys just weren't getting around him. He was able to get his hands on him quick, fit, stun him with his punch, anchor, and he just wasn't giving ground, and he was staying square. And, you know, he's a player that has a lot of experience at, at uh, Georgia. He's a player that people around Georgia that I've spoke to really rave about him and his football character and how hard of a worker he is. And now you're seeing him really make a name for himself this week with the Shrine practices. And, and honestly, I mean, I know that we just said offensive linemen, a couple of offensive linemen, but when you look top to bottom at these offensive linemen, the last half of these these offensive line groups and both teams are really, really, really struggling. And so, you know, Gallagher has been a breath of fresh air for this group and a guy with experience and a guy that I think you know certainly can at least at a minimum provide some versatile uh, you know depth to an NFL offensive line. All right, so I on the when the West team is practicing, I've just given up on offensive line play. <laughs> That's it's, rough. There's there's not a lot to watch yeah, on that really side. Yeah. Uh, if I want to talk about one more player that stood out to me in a good way today, how about Tennessee defensive end Kyle Phillips, number yeah. ninety two. Uh, he's somebody that we talked about and you and I talked about personally a little bit beforehand as a former five-star recruit at Tennessee and the way that his body's built, you know, he's a little underdeveloped still in the upper half and, uh, but his lower half is, is really promising and he has good length to his frame. And, uh, I thought he played really well specifically in the team drills and team periods scraping off of blocks and getting down the line of scrimmage and disengaging from blocks and using that length favorably in those areas. So uh, an encouraging development from Kyle Phillips to see him kind of make some more splash plays on the second day. And then from here, you want to see what kind of pass rush upside, you know, or pass, pass rush capabilities he's able to illustrate. And I do know from talking to some people there at the practice and event, uh, he is working with a pass rush specialist to kind of help him in that area specifically and develop some of those tools that he has specifically and understand how to hone them. Um, but, Joe, I would challenge you, we have to also play bad cop here. Is there a player on this roster that disappointed you? I have one, and it's somebody that you talked about before the event. So I'll, I'll jump on that grenade so that you don't have to – discuss one Virginia Tech Hokie, but is there anybody else on this roster that you've been disappointed with through the first two days of practice? Let me save my disappointments for the next team. I want to talk Coward. about well, – you know, there's a player in yesterday when we were recording the podcast, 
and we had flipped over to the West team, I was thinking to myself, man, I wish I would have said this guy because he deserved, you know, some some praise, and then he did it again today. And so I, I want to make sure I talk about him, and that's Rutgers defensive tackle Kevin Wilkins. Yes, he he's been really good for two practices in a row. He caught my eye like right away with just how quick he was, especially compared to the rest of the interior defensive linemen. And then you know that kind of showed up in the team drills. It showed up in the one v ones where he was able to really get some penetration and work as a three tech and, and penetrate the line of scrimmage and, and play in the backfield and, and beat blocks and really be a handful in these 1v1s. And so I, I'm not familiar with his game tape, but I do know what I saw over the last two games was one of the best defensive tackles here. And I just, I'm just really excited about maybe getting some eyes on him here very soon. All right. That's a good call by you, but that still makes you a coward. You didn't talk any negativity on this East roster. Uh, Ricky Walker is disappointing. Yeah, there's no question. Right, you know, and, and Ricky Walker is somebody that uh, you profiled before the start of the event. And, you know, in reading the profile that you put together, I was really excited to watch Ricky Walker. And, you know, I had seen some flashes of Ricky Walker on tape, and you go, okay, you know, this, this kid, you know, he makes some splash plays. He can be disruptive up front. And then you, uh, you assess the actual functional skills when you have a chance to see them up front. And it's, you're forced to ask the question, is he just a gamer? How does that work? Because he looks stiff. He looks smaller than as advertised. He doesn't look fluid. I mean, you, especially some of the, the, the drills that they have these guys doing. You have Michael Dogby doing drills immediately in front of or behind Ricky Walker, and it's night and day as far as the athleticism that they bring. And Dogby from Temple's listed 6'3", 280. Ricky Walker's listed 6'2", 300. Ricky Walker ain't 6'2", 300. No. He's smaller than that. So uh, he was a player that I, I've been a little disappointed with. And one more from this Eastern squad, Kentucky corner Derek Beatty has been frustrating to watch because he has length. He's listed at 6'3", but from a functional strength perspective and his consistency inside the five-yard contact window, I haven't really seen a lot that I've liked thus far this week. And this isn't even the team that, in my opinion, has the best wide receivers. I think that the depth on the West roster at wide receiver is better than the depth on the East roster at wide receiver. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's flip gears to the West roster. And uh, I want to mention cornerback from Troy, Blaze Brown. I was excited to see him going into the week because I watched actually just one game going in just to get familiar with him, and I was like, man, this guy's got some length, and he's physical. He's a guy that loves to come downhill and make tackles, and, and I love that in a cornerback. It speaks to how competitive they are, and then, you know, it really you see that same competitive demeanor show up in these 1v1s where, you know, maybe he, does, he gives up a catch from time to time, but the way he's competing, the way he's right there, the way that he's mirroring patterns, the way he's aggressively competing at the catch point, like, there's a lot here, and like, we had tweeted about him a little bit on Twitter, and we got, you know, a, a retweet, actually a quote tweet from Richard Sherman, not sure if you guys heard of him. Several guys. So, yeah, and Richard Mark Gilbert. The head, the headline guy, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's, it's, it's, he's got some fans out there, and he could play, and so, um, anxious to watch more of his tape, but I'm really excited with the one game that I did see and then two days of practice so far. Uh, well-established uh, Draft Network fan and Draft Dudes fan, Richard yeah. Sherman. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. All right, uh, so let's see. I, w- I do want to talk about another corner in this group. I want to give some love to Montre Hardage uh, from Northwestern. First of all, uh, before I get into Montre, I did make it a personal mission. I didn't tell you this, Joe, but on this show to not talk about Brett Rippon and Divine Zigbo. 
Okay. Even though I thought they were winners again today. That's, just, a, that's you, all I'm going to say. Right. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Don't yell at me. Let's go back to Montre. Okay. Physical. And he had this on tape, too. You watched Northwestern. You let him play inside five yards and disrupt routes with his hands. Really, really good in those areas. And it was no different in the one-on-ones in the team drills today. He had an interception on a one-on-one where he finished the route by running the route for the receiver on undercutting the football. Almost had another one. Was really effective getting guys off of their landmarks. And Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you and Montre had a moment <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> he 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 was yeah we did. There was a play play that happened right in front of us, and uh, he he had a funny remark to the uh, to the opponent that he was going up against and the official. And then he saw that I saw and I reacted. And you're over there <laughs> creeping on us with your binoculars from the stands from the far side of the field. Yeah, no look, less. I, I was probably know. sixty yards away. Just trying to live my best life. Just out saw there, the, Kyle, the little eyebrows that you gave Mon. You know, part of me when you're on the sideline, one of my biggest goals is to not get taken out by the players. You yeah. know, so I'm very alert and aware of yeah. what's going well, on. Listen, so. I almost got taken out by by a punt today well, or well. yesterday. <laughs> I was walking along the backside, and the punter was punting from the other side of the field, and he booms a punt, and like you know, you're walking, and then you hear look out, and I was really proud of myself because I kind of looked up and I realized the ball was in the air, and it was one of the assistant coaches that was underneath the, the punt getting ready to catch the punt. So I calmly took three steps back. And he caught the ball probably as far away from me as where you're sitting right now. <laughs> and he said, sorry about that. I'm like, no, man, you're good. You're good. But I didn't panic. You know, it's like you see the guys when they're on the sideline and the play comes their way and they fall over themselves <laughs> so quickly trying to get out of the way. That wasn't me, but it could have been. Yeah, nicely, then and nicely it wasn't, done. And it wasn't you. No, no, I handled myself well. Um, Kyle, I want to talk about another defensive player uh, Daniel Wise from Kansas. My goodness, he's just been a delight to watch. He's explosive, but everything he's doing, he's winning. Like so, you're watching drills, even if it's just going through bags, and you know his intensity, the way he competes, the way that he's uh, taking the coaching points. You know, it really shows up in, in the in the drills where it's just individual work, but then in team stuff, it, he can't be blocked. I mean, these these interior offensive linemen just look like clowns. They look like me trying to block them. I mean, he he is too quick. He's too quick, too fast, and too strong for these guys. And he's really popping. I mean, we, we talked uh, on the way to dinner at some point this afternoon. You know, if there's one player that you thought had a chance to get the call up to Senior Bowl, you know, especially given the interior defensive line group in Mobile, man, Daniel Wise, man, he he's he, he's he's been a stud, total stud, getting a lot of attention. Like after practice, there are there are scouts just circled around this man. He he's certainly making a name for himself this week. Speaking of getting the call to Mobile. Yeah. Anthony effing Nelson is in. He's officially in. He accepted his invite from Jim Nagy last night. Big gig. Big, just like a big guy. He's a big dude. Yeah, I'm getting there. All right, I want to make sure you cover. I want to leave the meat on the bone for you. Okay, I appreciate that. I'm sitting here trying to talk about Anthony Nelson. One of my preseason crushes getting an invite to the Senior Bowl as a redshirt junior. And Joe's sitting here pointing at the roster trying to tell me who to talk about next. I'm getting to Keyshawn Johnson, okay? I think he might be the best receiver here. Woo! Over Lodge and Godwin. He... As far as his performances in yeah, these practices, he, he was unbelievable. Too. Now, no, he doesn't have the physical tools of no, a Demarcus Lodge, yeah. and he doesn't have the short area quickness of a Terry Godwin. 
but he's smooth, brother, getting off the line of scrimmage, getting press nice. coverage, really nice footwork. Really deliberate in his efforts to set up defensive backs, create space for himself at the line of scrimmage. And this dude has caught every damn ball thrown his way. Literally every ball. He's caught a couple one-handed balls. Uh, I thought the wide receiver group, as I kind of alluded to, I thought there was more depth on this side. But Johnson is making it impossible to not acknowledge him as the one who is separating himself from the pack. I think John Duhart from Old Dominion is another one who's had two nice practices in a row. But Keyshawn Johnson has had two really, really strong practices back-to-back. He's got some nice chemistry going on with Brett Rippon. Seems like those guys have some nice timing stuff. Um, maybe it's the maybe it's the, the Mountain West. Yeah. The well, Mount, Mountain West vibes out there. He's got know? his own quarterback here, does Johnson. He, they hooked up on a deep bomb Yeah, they did. As well, so. They did. Uh, but it's, it's, it's hard to have chemistry with a guy who can't throw the ball. But. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> no man. comment. Jeez, jeez. All right, uh, I want to talk about one more defensive lineman, Dalen Mack from Texas A&M. He's a former five-star. Is this is this why you pointed to Keyshawn? Well, you wanted to set yourself up to talk about all the great guys. No, I thought there. I thought that you because you had the, uh, you sat somewhere different than me. You had a different approach today, and I, I didn't spend as much time on the receivers, and so I wanted to make sure that we got Johnson the love that Listen, he deserved. Listen, me and my creepy binoculars spent plenty of time in the one-on-ones focused right. specifically on Daylon Mack. Okay, so he was good. Yeah. Everything I just you just heard me say about Wise, uh, repeat that. Copy for, and paste. Because yeah. he was good. I, maybe in drills, Mack was better because he's a little thicker, and so I was really impressed with his ability to move and some of his lateral mobility, some of his, his ability to turn and change directions and turn corners. Like, I just thought the, 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 the entire skill set with there is maybe a little bit more physical. I was talking with John Ledger about him. And a lot Who? of John Ledger, you may Who? have heard of him. Yeah, he's, 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 a, he's one of our co-workers, Kyle. Um, Puna Ford, like, kind of like you, you think just maybe a little bit overthought or, or, or under-considered in this process. Five-star, maybe he didn't meet those expectations. But, like, if you're talking about a round three, round four defensive tackle, like, I think you can do a lot worse than Daylon Mack, and he's, he's uh, creating a lot of buzz with his performance this week. How would you compare him to Deidre Sanat? He might be more explosive than Sanat. But their builds, I mean, their builds kind of yeah. give the same vibe. Yeah, I mean, Deidre's got some... Some so, little something in the tummy where I think Max tummy. got Max got the tummy in the midsection. Oh, okay, <laughs> Max carries his weight. He's thick all the way through. So I like yeah. I like his body composition better than Sanat. Okay, I think that's fair. So, but but you like you at this juncture, based on what you've seen of Mac, you think there's a realistic chance you like him and favor him more than you like Sanat less? Yeah, because I thought, and I need to watch some more tape, but I mean. Mac had some really big games against like great SEC offensive lines. He wrecked them. Yeah. And so, I mean, that certainly speaks better than Sanat from USF. And I think there might be a little bit more penetration ability and, and, and splash plays getting into the backfield and uh, maybe some more pass rush there from uh, Mac than what we saw from Sanat. Okay. Well, for my last guy, I'd like to talk about quarterback Brett Rippin. Oh, no. <laughs> no. All right. Maybe talk about running back divine. Ah, damn it. Nope, not going to do that one either. I'm going to talk about Joe Deneen, linebacker from Kansas. Okay. This boy had some thumps today because they put the pads on today at practice and they let these guys have a chance to hit. And Deneen from Kansas listed 6'2, 235. I thought he did a really nice job on some of the inside fits. Getting downhill, getting into gaps, 
collisioning backs. He had several good contacts with backs at the first as the first arriving defender, and uh, he's he's a player that today made me designate more time to watch him in the, the next couple of days of practice, and and I want to see more of him and get a better feel for who he is because obviously you have the other Kansas kid that's here shining brightly, and now I want to know okay you know Kansas surprising upstart this year they were a scrappy bunch they you know they compete a little bit perhaps they had a couple diamonds in the rough that allowed them to kind of get after some folks in the big 12 this season so uh that that's one name for me that flashed for the handful of plays that i managed to catch my eyes on him but is a player that i do want to focus specifically more time going forward to pay attention to Joe, any administrative thoughts as we sign off on today's show? Easton Stick conti- continues to struggle. Don't I mean two bad days in a row? Couple, he threw one pick six to Andrew Wingard, the the safety from Wyoming. Another one that bounced off the DB's hands. I mean he he's not comfortable out here. And I get he's a gamer. I liked his tape better than McSorley and Thorson from the Senior Bowl. So like I'm not not a stick lover, and I'm not necessarily a stick. Hater, like I'm just normal on stick, and I'm telling here to tell you that he stacked back to back bad performances out there. He and he's you could tell it's starting to weigh on him with some of his decisions. You know, by the end of the practice, this guy was just holding the ball and hitting the dump downs. I mean, he's just he's just not comfortable. Well, Easton stunk. Um, oh, I did it again, yeah. Dad Joe Kyle. Well, he did it again, so he that's what he deserves then. it. No, he yeah. doesn't deserve it. Um, the the North Dakota state stands. On Twitter, deserve it though. <laughs> They're coming hard. Right? Listen, Easton Stick won three national championships in forty-nine football games. He's the best. He's going to be a first-round pick. No, he's not. Stop it. Take our word for it. He's had a rough start. Now let's see what he can do to finish the week. Needs it. Needs let's see what we can do to finish the week. Why don't you guys see what we do to finish the week? Hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast you enjoyed today's recap, just remember we got a couple more practices this week. Leave us a five-star review on the show if you feel so inclined. If you feel inclined to give us anything less, please just go away. Right? Yeah, we want the five stars only. This is Kyle Krabs at Grinding the Tape with Joe Marino at the Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft News Podcast. We'll be back again tomorrow to recap the next set of Shrine Game practices. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.